And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just Something I've Noticed. There's a lot more yawning these days. Have you noticed that? Yeah. And the bad thing about yawning, it's contagious. Now, I'm not a scientist, but I do know that's true. You see somebody else yawn, all of a sudden, you got to yawn. You know what helps to curtail the yawning? How about a great night's rest at Motel 6? Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price you will love when you use the code CP Red Eye. That's the letters CP Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel 6 and help curtail the yawning. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio. All across the USA and around the world, we are Red Eye Radio. Good morning. Welcome. Thank you for being here. Yes. It's Dress Down Slob Friday. Welcome, everyone. <laughs> hey, at least, though, uh, Dick Durbin has said, no, I've got to talk to, I've got to talk to Schumer here. Uh, this is no good. Manchin has a proposal uh, that he, and who, who was it? Uh, there's another, oh, Cornyn. Cornyn. Cornyn says he's got a bipartisan group of, uh, of, uh, of I, senators. I was going to say, when Dick Durbin and John Cornyn are on the same page. <laughs> it's either a very big problem for the Republican Party or a very big problem for the Democratic Party. In this case, it is the Democratic Party who sees this for what it is. It's silly, and it looks horrible. It, it's, I don't know how you're not embarrassed. Uh, the picture of him standing there, you know, with other senators flanking and you could see the look on their faces. They're like, "What? What is going on? What in? How in the when world is this allowed?" When you have Dick Durbin actually saying, "I have no idea what was going through Schumer's mind for doing this. It doesn't make any sense uh, in the world." And admitted Durbin that it was about Fetterman, yep. and said, "There's no reason for right. it. He doesn't know." Right. Right. Why he's catering to him. And I mean, the, the criticism yesterday was coming in. Why are you treating him like a man child? Right. Because there is, he. it's not because he had a stroke and right. Right. this is because of his condition at all. No. It's simply, look, the guy wants to look like a slob at work. Let him be a slob at work. Right. Nobody else can be a slob unless you're a senator. Anybody else who works here, anybody on Fetterman's staff can't be a slob. Only Fetterman can be a slob. Right. I mean, it just, it was ripe. Well, you as know, we stated yesterday, for a blowback, even from, uh, even from Democrats. And when Cornyn, I just like when Cornyn said, I've got a group of bipartisan senators 
that uh, want to turn this thing back. And then Manchin comes in and says, I've got a proposal that I'm shopping around. But it was Durbin, because understand how radical Durbin is. Dick Durbin, as we have stated many times before, but it's important to mention this. Dick Durbin actually compared U.S. troops to the mass genocidal murderer Paul Pot. Mm Mm-hmm. And he had to apologize for it. Yeah. But that, to show you how radical he is. So for him to go against Schumer and actually say, I have no idea what he was thinking. This doesn't make any sense at all. I've got to talk to him about it. The only reason that I can think about, the only reason I can think that the Democrats are coming out is because they're so embarrassed because the image now, and now the focus is yeah, yeah, on the fact, yeah. uh, you know, and Oh, Oh, when the Washington post, yeah, the Washington post editorial board was vicious. Yeah. Because it's ridiculous and it looks horrible. It was the National Review that that asked the question: Does he even want to be in the Senate? And that is that's actually a really good question. Well, it really is you know because here's the thing: forget about the dress code. What would be your personal standard? That's the question. And those are the things you know. You think about it. He clearly doesn't have a personal standard. But why in the world would the Senate Majority Leader allow that? Go out of his way to change the rule for one person. I think I know why. I think Fetterman recorded at some point. (laughs) Let's start this rumor right now. I think Fetterman recorded Senator Chuck Schumer saying the following words. Donald Trump was the greatest president who has ever lived. Why can't why can't our guy be more like Trump? Why can't Biden just want to make America great again? <laughs> Because I can't tell you, I can't, now you might say, well, that's your theory. Tell me a better one. I like it. And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just Something I've Noticed, bargain hunting is back. I mean, bargain hunting's always been around. We always love a great deal. But man, everywhere you look, people are bargain hunting. You know, there's so many great ways to find Great deals. Hey, I have a great find in your bargain hunting journey. Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price that's a real bargain when you use the code CPREDEYE. That's the letters CP Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at motel6.com. That is a bargain. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. 
Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford anything, wherever you listen. So I'm reading here from thehill.com, not a conservative publication. Uh, Durbin, number two Senate Democrat, disagrees with change to the dress code. We need to have standards. Yeah, he's the majority whip. Yeah. And he needs to take that whip to Schumer. Uh, (laughs) Because the senator in question from Pennsylvania is a personal friend, but I think we need to have standards when it comes to what we're wearing on the floor of the Senate, and we're in the process of discussing that right now as to what those standards will be. Durbin says he doesn't know what Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer was thinking when he approved the change, but said he planned to speak uh, to his leader about the matter. I cannot understand exactly what he was thinking at that point. Durbin never goes against leadership, ever. Think about this. Joe Manchin actually has conviction on this item. (laughs) When's the last time Joe Manchin had conviction about anything? I want to give him the benefit of the doubt until I speak to him, but I think the Senate needs to act on this. Wow. (laughs) Durbin. They're desperate. They are so desperate. Durbin made his comments when asked to respond to criticism of the dress code change from the Washington Post editorial board. <laughs> oh now, here it is. The Post editorial writers said, quote, one would have thought that with the public trust in government waning, the Senate might want to avoid looking even a tiny bit more like a high school cafeteria. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> the Post called the Senate floor the most sacred space in the Capitol and noted that it was uh, the setting for America's most consequential debates on war and peace, freedom and slavery. What did they leave out? Mm-hmm. Climate change. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a constant. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's just, wow. Wow. And there it is, uh, generous uh, Senator John Cornyn, a member of the Senate GOP leadership team, uh, grumbled that uh, Schumer was uh, is failing to show due respect to the Senate as an institution. Uh, okay, where was the story? Maybe it was the other one I read that said that um, Cornyn actually has a group. He said he's got a group. There was another story on it, probably. Fox, mm. Fox might have had it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but... I mean, everyone. I mean, it's like you you see it, you you go through Google on it, and it's just, yeah, it's all it's all over the place. And then the public got a hold of it, and there's probably a lot of the public that would look at this and go, "Oh my God, I didn't know that." Look at this guy. Yeah, that's in the Senate because yeah. it's gym shorts. Yeah, exactly. Oh my gosh! Oh, well, this is it's great. This it's I'm I'm reading this a very silly piece from uh, the New York Times. Oh my gosh! 
Uh, let me double check. Was this yesterday? This was yesterday. Who wrote this? Louis Lucero, the second New York Times. Here's the headline. Powdered hair to hoodies. How did the Senate get here? <laughs> now, you might think it's one of these rolling his eyes and going, oh, my gosh. I can't believe it got now the Washington Post did that. So I was just kind of, you know, right. browsing around, seeing who else may have. Well, Mr. Lucero here writes, you know, just as the fashion world was turning its attention from London to Milan, Washington made some style news of its own. Style news? Style? That's not a style. Unless you're Adam Sandler, it's not a style. Chuck Schumer, the Senate Majority Leader, announced on Monday the relaxation of the informal dress code in the chamber. Chamber, And then he just goes through the years of, well, you know, basically, styles have changed over the years. Stop it. <laughs> Because I would say it's it's more than just decorum. Decorum is part of it. It's pride. It's also being humbled in that chamber. Understanding why you're there and also who put you, you there and showing respect for them. No doubt. Some of his constituents wear hoodies and maybe wear hoodies while they're wearing basketball shorts. They're not in the Senate. He's there to do a job and should respect them at every single turn. And he doesn't. Because he doesn't care. Because I'll answer the question that they asked at National Review, and the answer is no. He doesn't want to be there. Funny thing is, he compared it to he compared it to Burger King. Mm-hmm. This is like Burger King's, you know, you rule kind of thing. Uh huh. Well, comparing the Senate to fast food. Yeah. No, that's exactly anyway. how he feels about it. The guy doesn't yeah. get it. Yeah. Like going going to the Senate, it's like going to a fast food restaurant. That's uh-huh. how I view it. Yeah. Babylon B. Senate now to conduct all business sitting cross-legged in a drum circle. <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh. <laughs> oh, it's just, I mean, and, and it's, the, the, you know, the problem is it got to popular culture and people look at it. They go, this is bad. Oh, the memes the, are yeah. just relentless. They're everywhere. There are plenty of people who up until just a few days ago likely didn't know who Fetterman was. Yep. They do now. They do now, yeah. Thanks, Chuck. Think about that, man. Because all of it. When when one of Chuck's problems is Dick Durbin, oh, not a good day. Not a good day. Look, the Republicans criticized Fetterman from the beginning on the issues 
uh, on questioning his health on the way he dressed. But the Democrats now realize this is a problem. And we should demonstrate at every turn that we're serious. It's a slim margin they have in the Senate. And they may be able to hold that margin, but you do everything you can to protect that margin and maybe try and gain some by showing first and foremost that you're serious. This is a problem. This is a huge problem. I wouldn't be surprised to hear from Chuck Schumer today. I don't know that it'll change the rule today. But we might hear something from the Senate Majority Leader today to the effect of, I hear the all of the concerns by my colleagues from both sides of the aisle. We are taking everything into consideration. And basically, we'll get back to you. I could see that happening today as soon as this morning. And it was interesting because the the argument that initially came out from Democrats was, why should anybody care as long as they're doing the work? And it's like, well, Schumer cares because he only really is giving this to Fetterman. Yeah. And by the way, Lucero here in this article, uh, and I don't know what it it posted yesterday afternoon. I don't know what that, you know, when he actually wrote it at The New York Times. But he, of course, and, and NPR did the same thing. Republicans are going after Fetterman. Nope. You need to update that story if you did write it before Dick Durbin and others spoke out about it. It's a bipartisan effort to restore a little bit of sanity. Well, let's put it here. The Hill.com now it's the lead article. Yep. Man- Manchin circulates proposal to yep. reverse Schumer yep. on uh, dress code. Uh, Joe Manchin is circulating a proposal to reestablish the Senate's dress code, which Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer loosened over the weekend to allow senators to wear whatever they want on the Senate floor. One person familiar with the resolution said it would essentially return the Senate dress code to what it was last week, which required senators to wear coats and ties or business attire when on the Senate floor. I've signed it, said one senator who explained uh, it would define what the dress code is. Schumer's decision appeared aimed at catering to first-term Senate uh, Senator John uh, Fetterman, whose hoodie it was a signature look on the campaign trail and who wore a dark short-sleeve collared shirt and dark short pants to work on Thursday. Yeah, he didn't wear the hoodie. He had a, mm-hmm. actually a button shirt on. But the decision to loosen the dress code is getting bipartisan pushback now, including from Senate Democrat Whip Dick Durbin, who says the Senate should have standards, and we went through that before. He goes, I think the Senate will act. Act. You know, here's where I saw it. Saw it. Senator John Cornyn, Cornyn describe uh, the bipartisan group of senators who want, now want to restore the Senate dress code, uh, the coalition of the rational, he called it. He said a Senate resolution will allow other senators to speak on the need for a dress code and predicted it would come to the floor. It's just ridiculous that we should have to conform the dress code to the lowest common denominator. This will come to the floor, and there's going to be debate on Fetterman's hoodie and shorts? No, there won't be. Chuck won't allow that. That's why I think he's, he'll probably step up uh, before this even goes down like that. You don't want this on the floor. 
Wow. You don't want to debate. <laughs> There's really o- only one side to this, except for Fetterman himself and I guess Chuck Schumer. 86690 Red Eye. This morning's USDA Farm Report is brought to you by Howes Products. Tested, trusted, guaranteed since 1920. This year's selected U.S. Capitol Christmas tree originates from the Mountaineer State. And as A.B. Albright of the U.S. Forest Service in West Virginia observes, the selection continues a storied tradition of her state providing what is known as the People's Tree. This is actually the third opportunity that West Virginia and the Monongahela National Forest had the honor to provide the tree. Joining the ranks of four other forests that have had the opportunity to provide the tree at least three times in the program's history. So we will be joining the Green Mountain National Forest in Vermont, the Pisgah National Forest in North Carolina, and the Ottawa National Forest in Michigan. The Monongahela also provided the people's tree in its initial year of 1970, as well as during our nation's bicentennial in 1976. The 2023 tree will be harvested in early November and paraded around its home state for two weeks before arriving on the Capitol grounds. I'm Rod Bain reporting for the U.S. Department of Agriculture in Washington, D.C. This report brought to you by Cenex Fuels and Lubes. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. It's Friday Radio. He is Eric Carley, and uh, I'm Gary McNamara. Well, this was the highlight of Corrine Jean-Pierre's press conference uh, yesterday when Pete Ducey uh, asked this question. Uh, thanks, Green. So what do you call it here at the White House when 10,000 people illegally cross the border in a single day? So what do you call it, Peter, when GOP puts forth a... a, a wait, no. No, 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 you can't. Green? I'm answering. Okay, we're going to move on. No, 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 we're moving on. Great, please. In the back. There you go. Uh Yeah, she's not going to answer. You're listening to Red Eye Radio from the Uniden America Studios. And he's Eric Carley and I'm Gary McNamara. Download our Red Eye Radio app today. Listen when and where you want. If you can't listen live overnight, you can listen when and where you choose. All right. Here's the governor of New York. Listen to this. Wow. Mm. Uh, (laughs) This... (laughs) Xenophobia. Huh. This Democrat xenophobia. Outrageous. Here we go. We have to let the word out that when you come to New York, we're not going to have more hotel rooms. We don't have capacity. So we have to also message properly that we're at our limit. If you're going to leave your country, go somewhere else. But the smarter thing is to. Oh, whoa. Oh, whoa. 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 Demo- by Democrats' own standards. She is a xenophobe. Wow. She hates people from other countries. Also, uh, the racism that is coming from the governor. Can you believe the xenophobic racism 
By the way, this is the Democrat standard that we're talking about hey, here. You know, and, and she's the governor of New York. And so she's changing it to, hey, don't bring us your poor or your huddled masses. Bring them to some someone else. Right. We don't. Sorry. You're inconveniencing us. We've had enough. My gosh. Shocking. The racist xenophobia now that uh. Democrats promote. I never. No. Well, not in this hour. Earlier in the show I did. but <laughs> Never's a big word. Yep. Yeah. Wow. It's, hey, don't come here. Wow. Now, is is uh, is she now vying uh, to be Trump's vice president? <laughs> Clearly. Again, from the Democratic standard. Right? <laughs> yeah. <sense>. Clearly. <laughs> Jeez, just amazing. Uh, in more news here, let's get through all the news here because uh, we've... Uh, uh, time is always limited. Uh, a third IRS official confirmed that Delaware U.S. Attorney David Weiss faced roadblocks when attempting to bring charges against Hunter Biden, contradicting denials issued Wednesday by Attorney General Merrick Garland. IRS Director of Field Operations Michael Badorf told the House Ways and Means Committee in a closed-door interview on September 12th that he felt frustrated by the refusal of the Justice Department to approve tax charges that IRS agents viewed as well-supported by evidence, according to a transcript of the interview obtained by the Washington Examiner. He also said that the IRS removed agent Gary Shapley, uh, Shapley excuse me, uh, a whistleblower from the Hunter Biden case at the direction of Weiss, despite having done nothing wrong. Badorf's testimony was the latest piece of evidence to suggest that Weiss, um, okay, I lost that. <laughs> mm. That Weiss tried to slow down the investigation, I guess. Right, yeah. I lost that part of the printer here. Still Badoff, who uh, was uh, was above Shapley in the IRS chain of command, uh, stopped short of attributing the DOJ's action to bias in favor of Joe Biden. Well, he wouldn't know that, I'm sure they, unless they discussed that. Right. Uh, so there you are. Now, the thing is, we talked and we spent some time talking again today about um, why uh, not Weiss, uh, but uh, Merrick Garland's uh, testimony mm. and some of the we played more today. And it's just it's it's not believable, as everybody everybody knows. It's not believable where he says he really didn't know on the biggest stories out there, even when they made the news that he didn't know anything about these stories. Yeah. Right. You know anything about it. Uh huh. He didn't know anything about the plea deal. Right. He didn't know anything about it. I, I he didn't hear the news stories. I don't know, know if statute of limitations applies. I don't even know what right. statute of limitations means. I don't know. Uh, I don't even know what my job is. I don't know what my job description is. Washington Examiner covers it here. Attorney General Garland's September 20th congressional testimony was disgracefully evasive and misleading. He merits no confidence in leading the Department of Justice. He... Uh, inhibits justice and the rule of law. Garland says he can he can't even re, uh, recollect whether he had personal contact with anyone at the FBI about the investigation into presidential son Hunter Biden. Really? Hmm. That's like a coach saying he can't recall if he spoke to his quarterback 
before the most consequential play in a Super Bowl. It's simply not believable. Garland reportedly uh, pawned off to his underlings the responsibility for controversial decisions. He had no idea why U.S. Attorney David Weiss let statutes of limitations expire on major allegations against Hunter Biden. He uh, he uh, did the washing hands thing when questioned about an armed FBI raid uh, on the child-filled house of a peaceful pro-life uh, protester, saying uh, it was a decision made locally that he still a year later won't denounce. Garland again showed ignorance on the basic details uh, about the FBI uh, observational presence at the 2021 Capitol riot. But the thing that really got me was on the entire thing with the the uh, the Hunter Biden thing mm-hmm. and and the the plea deal and everything else and the statute of limitations when he claimed that uh, he hadn't heard about it. Yeah, right. It's it's not believable. And the one thing that makes it not believable is the fact that he wasn't dealing with the special counsel that you leave alone. He was dealing with, this is the thing, he's the head of the Justice Department and says, no, when there's an investigation going on, I don't get involved at all. Even if even if it looks terrible, I don't get involved. But I don't know if it looks terrible because I don't pay attention to my to the news. So yeah. I really don't know what's going on. Yeah. I basically give it to the attorneys. I sit up. I don't pay attention to the news. I don't do anything. And the federal attorneys do whatever they want. And I don't pay attention to any of it is basically what Merrick Garland said. Yeah. Anybody buy it? And next story. Vice President Harris said young people aren't buying homes because of climate anxiety. Young leaders suffer from climate anxiety, which is their fear about whether they should have children, whether they should ever think about buying a home for fear that it might be wiped out because of extreme weather occurrences. (laughs) Now, wait a minute. Greta does. They have brainwashed kids to the point. Now, most young people don't believe that way. No. But a minority of Democrats, young people, have been brainwashed. You and I remember those young, they were girls. They were teenage girls that were Mm -hmm. asked about college. Mm -hmm. And they said, stop asking us about college. Well, college just a few years away. Uh, we won't be here. The world will be gone. It will be destroyed. Mm-hmm. So they are teaching them those things. Now, does anybody really buy it? I don't know any young person. I know a lot of teenagers. I don't know anyone that's saying, well, I'm not going to build a home because climate change. Have those individuals heard of homeowners insurance? Which you would have to have. For most of the mortgage to begin with. It's required. Exactly. And I'm saying most of the mortgage because if you put a down payment on it, that portion. Mm -hmm. But again, it's even more imperative to cover your own assets. Right. (laughs) And I'm just asking questions, but this is garbage. Now, I... I do believe fewer people right now are buying homes because of climate change policy. 
the cost of government in general yes. has made it cost prohibitive for many. But it's not because of the fears of what the left is telling you on climate change. For all the money spent in uh, COVID-related, uh, the trillions of dollars that uh, go towards uh, climate change uh, products, which actually is borrowing more, which increases inflation, borrowing more to put that money into companies that can't make a profit to produce products that Americans don't want and is killing union jobs in this country. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah. Because of the increase of inflation from all the spending and a significant portion of it, trillions of dollars for climate change yeah. is causing the inflation, which causes an increase in interest rates, which is slowing down yeah. people buying homes. Yep. So, yeah, I guess you can make that point. Yep. But not because of the fear of, oh, my house could be gone because of climate change. There is, There might be something generational with people wanting to own homes. Yeah. Fewer people right now, in, at least in the U.S., are having children. Maybe that's not their dream to own a home. Okay. It could be generational. It's not. Because, oh, no, climate change is going to take my home. No. We're all going to die. Because if that were true, my home would have been taken this summer. This past summer, it would have burned to the ground. Well, you know, I'm thinking of giving up just totally because I am going to die. So it's all going to be for nothing. So why do anything? Well, that's a perfect place to kind of uh, start to put the wrap on on this week and just (laughs) remind people that everybody dies. (laughs) So why try? So just, <laughs> we're all going to die, so put on your hoodie and shorts. <laughs> it's the main reason I didn't go to college. Why try? By the way. That's four very by, valuable years. By the way, understand there is a dress code in the casket. Is there? Is there really? Most of the time, yes. Well, most of the time. <laughs> fact red eye factoid <laughs> and dead people dress better than fetterman <laughs> that's a fact and they're dead as in deceased as in no longer living <laughs> Basketball shorts and a hoodie. Imagine me. Listen, honey. As we finalize our you know final plans here and get everything, <laughs> our, our plots and all of it arranged, there's something I want you to know. I want to be buried in basketball shorts and a hoodie. That's never happened. We're doomed. 
we're so even good. Adam Sandler puts on a suit every <laughs> once in a while. Eight six six ninety Red Eye. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio toll free at eight six six ninety Red Eye. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Carlin. I'm Gary McNamara. Well, they did not come to an agreement yesterday, so no. I guess we're just going to have to live with, out without Hollywood. For yeah, we're talking about Hollywood. Longer. We're talking about the whole thing. Yeah, the Hollywood strike did not. Uh, they, and according to David Faber on, what was that, Wednesday, that uh, if they didn't finalize the deal on Thursday, that it could very well go until the end of the year. We weren't sure why yeah, that was from, the case. From last night, according to Deadline, um, it's... Uh, even though they don't have another meeting scheduled, they believe they're going to meet today. Yeah. Okay. So. All right. Yeah. And now next week, mm. it's going to be a really interesting week because oh, yeah. we have another debate. Right. Wednesday night. I'm really fascinated to see what Trump says to the yep. auto workers. He's going to be speaking really to am. the UAW members, some of yep. them. Um, uh, and then Thursday. What's the itinerary for the impeachment inquiry on Thursday? I, I don't know. I, I'm guessing there'll be a number of procedural things, but uh, I don't know how soon they'll get to. Will, will they list witnesses? Will they list the agenda and itinerary on that first day? I think a lot of it would probably be something like that, but they may get right down well, to it. On, on day one, mm-hmm. you got to give me something. No, I yeah. It's, if you have the public's yeah. attention day one, yep. because if you, you don't gotta, yeah. give the public something on day one, yeah. then it's like, oh, day one, the first day, and there was nothing. And blah, 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 and we planned a blah, 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 and right. blah, blah, blah. You can do that in an opening statement, and then you move on. I mean, take a good 10 yeah. minutes with are, your opening statement are there, are and there get be, to work. Are there going to be witnesses? Are there, yeah. there needs to be some, just even if it's a sliver of new information. Right. Yeah. Now, it, now right. the funny thing is, if they, if they, if uh, Comer, for example, repeats everything that we already know, mm-hmm. but the mainstream media has not covered, will the mainstream media say we didn't learn anything new that we never reported? No. <laughs> this is Red Eye Radio. On Westwood One. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was a three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.